Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka 5 Minute Major, and welcome to HV Pucks Overtime. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is 100% free and available on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And by now, you know that one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. I recently had the opportunity to chat with Jesse Peters, head coach of the Westfield State men's club hockey team. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Jesse Peters. Jesse is head coach of the Westfield State men's club hockey team. They're ACHA Division II. They are the Owls. He and I have spent many a late night or early morning, depending on how you look at it, direct messaging on Twitter. And when I saw that he had this opportunity to coach uh, at the college level, I jumped at the opportunity to have him on. He's got a game today at three o'clock, so I don't want to keep him for too long. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on. How's it going? Excellent, Travis. Uh, awesome to speak voice to voice and being able to talk, like you said, those late nights on Twitter and uh, tackling all the, the woes of the hockey world and the glory of the hockey world. It's it's great to talk to you. Thank you, and it's my pleasure to have you on. And like you said before we started recording, you know, the world of hockey brought us together eventually. So it is really a great thing, indeed. It's a it's a it's a big community, but it's also a small community, if that makes sense to you. Um, can you describe your team in five words or less? Uh, I would say gritty, talented, mass guys, Massachusetts guys. Nice. That's what I would say. That's how my roster rounds itself out as far as personality. Sounds good. Um, what excites you most about this team? Um Probably the characteristics that I described because it fits perfectly into what we like to do as a team with our forecheck. We like to be aggressive, um, and I preach aggressiveness um, all over the all over the rink in all aspects of the game. Not only one on one battles, but you know we like to go a two man, nice hard two man forecheck in the offensive zone, and um, we like to be very very aggressive on the PK. And uh, we that's kind of what our game's all about. So we like to be that hard nosed. Nice. Uh, any surprises this season in terms of players that maybe you know you didn't expect to to see a certain style of play from? Anybody stepped up in a good way for you? Um, I, I would say the the biggest surprise is that uh, we ended up uh, having a kid on the club team uh, who who came down from the D three team and uh, uh, 
his name's Krugan, and he's a defenseman. He's just a big boy, probably about 200 pounds, and just a great player. He's actually from Tennessee, and a great kid. He's in the uh, ROTC, very disciplined, uh, and, uh, you know, a very captain-like demeanor about him. So he's been a pleasant surprise. And just the overall, uh, the squad overall, I-, I didn't know what I was walking into, and we have a lot of talented guys on the roster. Good. That's a great, great situation to walk into. Um, you just made reference to one of your players, but are there other players that we should watch on your squad? Oh, uh, yeah. And, and the great thing about this roster, um, Travis, that I have one senior. So um, we we have, I think, one senior, six juniors, and the rest of the roster is all underclassmen. So I'm very excited about what we have. Our captain, Faye, who is a senior, um, he, he's just a great player. Uh, all the qualities I've described, uh, he embodies. And then uh, junior defenseman Tommy Burgess, who I actually coached in high school, uh, who is one of the captains on the team, uh, another tough um, defenseman who can, who's a two-way player, can hurt you offensively and is always in position defensively, physical, all that good stuff, able to make the first uh, step count in his own end with some good uh, transition passing and uh, just a great all-around player and a joy to coach, just, just a good kid. Sounds like you have a great squad on your hands. I know it's early in the season, Jesse, but is there a game based on, you know, talking to the kids and what you know of, you know, the the division and the league, is there a game that you've kind of got circled on the calendar that you would consider to be the biggest game of the season? I think that uh, we two teams that we've already played, and it's funny that we had them at the end of the year, is uh, Bridgewater, because we have a lot of kids that are from that area. So um, there's a lot of... Uh, commonality between the two teams, kids who played in high school uh, with each other, now playing against each other. So we had some penalty-filled matches with them and, uh, you know, just, just chippy, um, you know, lots of hits and uh, nothing, no no fisticuffs, of course, because it's college hockey, but uh, a lot of chippy play with them. And I would say Eastern Connecticut State University because of the proximity uh, and then being a very, very good team. And uh, so... Those are two games, I would say. We played for our schedule with Bridgewater. We played them home and away. But we have one more of the Eastern, so I'm looking forward to that. It's South Windsor Arena coming up. So uh, anybody in the area that wants to come see that one, that should be a good one. I, you know, I know in addition to obviously coaching now at the collegiate level, you've coached at the high school level, you also played. So you can answer this next question from any of your experiences as a high school coach, as a high school player, or as a college coach. Toughest rink to play in. I would say that, uh, you know, uh, the Lou is one of the toughest rinks to play in Hamden, uh, in Connecticut. Uh, it's just uh, a lot of, a lot of a, the arena is a tight fit uh, in there. I feel like the crowd's right on top of you. They always have big crowds for Hamden games. That's probably one of the tougher rinks to play in, uh, as are a couple different ones down south. But that one just sticks out in my mind as far as my personal experiences. Okay. Um, as far as, and again, I don't know if you've done any tournament play yet, but again, you could answer this from a coaching perspective or even from your high school days. Is there a favorite tournament that uh, you have or you remember as a coach or a player? Oh, uh, because just because of, and, and this will lead into what we're going to talk about with the CTHS hockey, you know, the, the, I, you know, the Connecticut State Tournament down at Yale, uh, it's just such a great uh, atmosphere. Yale, Yale does it right. Atmosphere. Yale does it right. Uh, they treat you like a pro. You feel like you're, you know, you're playing at the NBA level. So I really enjoy going to Yale every year to see the uh, state tournament for that guys hockey. That's just my personal. And you know, uh, love. 
in looking at that's a great answer. And looking at the calendars, I want to say the New York State Championships are awarded in. I know they're w- awarded in early March, and I think the Connecticut ones are a couple of weeks after that. So hopefully, if I yeah. play my cards right, yeah, if I play my cards right, I might be able to get up to Yale and check that out because I've I've yeah. always wanted to be up there in that atmosphere. Um, yeah. What do you look for in a ho- in a hockey player? Um, yeah, uh, I, I, this is such a tough question because you could go so many ways. And for me, I would just say that uh, I'll be general about it. Is you, you can have all the tools on the ice. It's just as important to have the character and uh, all the tools off the ice. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to coach kids who have uh, been able to have both of those attributes. So um, when you have great character in the, on the ice and off the ice, Usually that just makes for a special hockey player. And overall, um, you know, that's what you find in the hockey community. So, uh, you know, I've just been fortunate to coach a lot of good kids and from some special families and some kids from uh, lesser circumstances who hockey has been able to guide them, which is, again, you know, as you know, that's my passion with the sport. Absolutely. As a school counselor, you know, I love to impact my students in a positive way and see them grow and develop and move on to bigger and better things. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I had a personal connection to a number of players on that Suffer Mounties team that won the 2012 New York State Championship. So you know, like getting to see them grow up and watch them kind of leave it all out on the ice. Um, you know, I said, you know, I want to do something to try to capture the magic and the energy. Um and you kind of allude to this in some of your previous answers, but what's the biggest difference between high school and college hockey, in your opinion? Um, and I was going to take it, I've been talking about more, you know, since um, we started chatting, you know, a little bit more of the character stuff that we're looking for. And I would say the, the high school and college level, if you want to take it to the X's and O's, is um, I was able to implement systems a lot, a lot quicker. I have on my roster... Um, which is, again, when we talk about club hockey, I had 40 guys try out. I had to cut it down. I'm at, like, I think 23, 24 guys right now. So there's kids that, that aren't playing. So, I mean, the skill level is, is definitely very good. I was able to implement systems in a matter of a couple of days, which at the high school level sometimes as a coach, uh, you know, it takes a while to implement systems, especially if you're changing systems or the way you want to do things. So guys have been able to pick up what I want to do X's and O's wise on the ice very quickly. And their skating ability is very good. So I would say that, you know, that jumped out at me is the skill level at the, even at the club uh, level is, is elevated. Hmm. Um, what makes a successful hockey coach in your opinion? Um, you gotta be able to relate to your players. Um, what what they're thinking on the ice, what they're thinking off the ice, and you have to be able to have your, your finger on the pulse of uh, what's going on with your team. And you have to have uh, a passion for the sport, which we, uh, you know, two guys talking right now do. Um, so there's a lot of different things that makes a successful hockey coach, in my opinion. Um, but there's so many uh, great ones, Travis, around us that we have to mentor us and to uh, collaborate with. And that's really what I think too is a great attribute of a good hockey coach is the ability to keep learning and at first for knowledge and to become better for not only yourself and, and the players, but because of that passion again. You know what I mean, so um, a lot of stuff goes into making a great coach. And, and I think that's something I'm just working on is trying to become a great coach myself or somebody that somebody would consider a great coach. That's an awesome answer. I, I love it. Um, and again, you could take this from 
your high school days or if you have something that's recently happened with the Westfield Club. Uh, favorite moment or memory as a coach so far? Uh, I, I was thinking about this one, uh, and uh, a lot of things jumped out. And I would have to say, uh, if I had to pick one, it would be the three-overtime uh, game to get to Yale. I think it was in 2014 with Tritown on my birthday. Uh, and so and that was like a, just a crazy night. I think uh, it was another player on my team whose birthday it was at the same the same day. It was just a, a wild affair. The principal came up to me in the sixth period of the game and said, uh, if this game is not decided now, we're shutting it down. Huh. So a bunch of crazy <laughs> things happened. Uh, we, and uh, we ended up winning and going to Yale, uh, eventually falling in the next game, but making it to the final four for the state. And it was just, we were, I think, a 16 seed, uh, too. So it was, it was wild. It was a wild game. That does sound like an awesome memory for sure. What's the biggest challenge you face as a coach? Again, either the collegiate level, the high school level, and you could even talk about both because there might be different challenges there. Yeah. Um, the, I, I was talking about the biggest difference that I've experienced. Uh, you know, college-age uh, guys, you know, obviously more dependent, but, you know, their parents aren't with them at school. So it's a little bit more uh, a one-on-one uh, thing. The parents are less involved at the college level, whereas uh, and the players are more self, you know, self-sufficient. These are guys that are in school, responsible, and at the high school level, a lot more rules. Um, you know, uh, as far as uh, what we have to do for the kids at the high school age, obviously, and uh, the parents. Are, you know, interacting with the parents on on a daily basis. Um, which is great because I have some great relationships from a lot of the parents that uh, I deal with. And, of course, I mentioned Tommy Burgess earlier. I dealt with his parents now at the college level and at the uh, high school level. So uh, I would say that those are some of the biggest things that I just know is going off the jump. That's got to be really wild to actually have coached a kid at the high school level, establish that relationship, that, that rapport with him and his family, and now to also coach him at the collegiate level. That's got to be a real wild experience. It was. It's... Uh, great because they're just great people and they're hockey people so uh honestly uh you know the Burgess family is just uh, one of those special hockey uh, people and I've also coached oddly enough I've coached kids at the might level two times a few times probably more than that and at the high school level so I've coached a kid at the might and then had him through his high school years as well and peewees I did it with one kid peewees to high school I had a kid for six years straight so, it's happened a couple of times when you coach as long as we have that those anomalies occur brothers things like that absolutely um you, you touched on so many you know important things earlier as far as what what you look for in a hockey player what makes a successful coach you know do you have any advice for someone that's interested in getting into coaching yeah because uh, i think i took <clears throat> an awkward route into my coaching um I started coaching in general in high school. I started coaching uh, Little League Baseball. Uh, and then I started coaching hockey, as you read in my uh, my story that I wrote, um, Confessions of a Co-op Kid, uh, right after college, right after high school. Um, you know, when I was early 20s. So just follow your heart. If it's something you think you want to do, it'll give you some of the most rewarding experiences of your life other than uh, my children and my own family. Um, those are some of the most memorable memories 
of my life uh, coaching and some bonds that I have with people that are still uh, in my life almost daily or weekly uh, that I've built through coaching is, is amazing. And uh, in the way that you're uh, going to be able to have that affect your life, if it's something you want to do and something you're passionate about, no matter your skill level, uh, you know, follow that dream and become a hockey coach and teach the game. All you have to have is that passion for the game. Great advice, indeed. Um, Jesse, I know in addition to coaching the Westfield State Men's Hockey Club team, uh, you're also connected to CTHS, uh, Connecticut High School Hockey. It's a very impressive outfit uh, out of Connecticut that covers the sport the way I feel it should be covered. Can you talk to us a little bit about that outfit and then uh, get more in-depth in, in terms of the state of hockey in Connecticut? Yeah, what's, uh, first of all, Luke DeVoe is the uh, founder and the uh, El Presidente over there at uh, CTHS Hockey, uh, and he is uh, just a whiz. The guy is a uh, Connecticut high school hockey savant. He knows kids every roster top to bottom, and uh, I would say that the majority of the guys who cover games over there know that and uh, know that the game as well, just like him. And uh, so it's just guys that are passionate about the sport at the high school level. We go out and cover games. We live tweet. Um, For those of you that don't follow at CTHF Hockey or any of the guys that cover over there, if you want your finger on the pulse of uh, high school hockey, can I get those other guys to go through? I I was fortunate after I uh, took a little hiatus from coaching over at Tritown in between coaching at Westfield to catch on with them for the entire season last year and uh, tremendous experience. What they do for the kids is amazing as far as coverage. And Trav, you know, I, I like I was saying is we back in our day, you know, uh, when you played, you played, right? Actually, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm going to confess to you and everybody else. I never played. I can't even skate. I'm like Scotty <laughs> Bowman. But things worked out pretty good for Scotty, so I think I'll, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I'll be all right. But, but you played sports at some level. Yes, right? I did. I played lacrosse and I played a little bit of football when I was in high school. Right, but so when you did well, what did your mom do? She cut out the cut out the newspaper article, right? Absolutely. Put it put it in a put it in like a little folder where it turned yellow and stuff. Yeah. I have a bunch of those. <laughs> these guys we, we, these guys don't do that anymore, you know? So um with the way that we get to publicize these guys and get these guys some attention that they is all well deserved is through social media. And if we're able to do that for these guys and uh kind of present them newspaper clippings of our of their day and, and post them stuff online and get them uh you know attention or connect them to the college coaches then i think we kind of just take that medium and transform it to social media that's how i kind of like to think about it so we have a play of a game thing and we we give away t-shirts uh or some type of uh you know swag to these guys after the game and we develop a report with the guys we do some interviews um uh, we're hoping to get guys on podcasts, stuff like that, but we cover a full range of CPHS hockey, so it's really just an awesome thing they do over there. And the group of guys are amazing. Yeah, I, again, stick taps out to Luke and uh, the entire crew, yourself included, because, again, you really do cover the sport the way I feel it should be covered. And I know the kids and the parents, the coaches, the whole hockey community absolutely loves it. You know, let me ask you, you know, in terms of the state of hockey in Connecticut, you know, we talked about the road to Yale, um, you know, 
But there, there seems to be some controversy. I've seen a few things on Twitter as far as co-op teams, uh, as far as you know, long-established programs having to fold. Um, I know that there's still an issue, too, in terms of you've got to either play travel hockey in Connecticut or high school. You can't do both. You can't double roster. Do you have any thoughts on, on some of those issues? Uh, the co-op thing is, is something that hits home because, uh, again, I played on the first co-op in high school hockey in Connecticut at Tritown in the first game ever. Um, talked about it a bunch of times. So the co-op thing is, is very near and dear to me. Obviously coaching Tritown uh, after that and then being a co-op. Uh, now the numbers, now co-ops uh, are the commonality. They're not the, the rarity that they were. Um, when, when Tritown first started and I just think that they have a co-op committee I just wish they would take a harder look at this and try to, to make some adjustments to the co-op rules the CIAC because and this is two years in a row we had Suffield last year uh, who had a numbers crunch in one way or the other and decided not to play in the state tournament uh, to keep their co-op together and now we have a EO Smith squad that uh, is going to have to disband to become the Panthers, leaving Colin kids without a place to play. And it just, you hate seeing it because this is the original reason why we had co-ops is that, uh, you know, so kids didn't have, didn't have to deal with not having a place to play. And living on both sides of that, as a freshman, there was no co-ops. And then as my, you know, sophomore was the first year of co-ops, I can understand both you know, both things, what it's like to not have a place to play and what it's like to be able to play in a co-op. Um, I think maybe, and leading into what you said, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if double rostering helps. Um, you know, we, we can certainly talk about that after we get off the co-op thing. But I, they need to take a look at the co-op rules and get a fit or a rule system where we're not leaving kids out there but keeping it fair. I do understand why there has to be rules in place because you don't want them building super co-ops uh, for the sake of winning because that takes away what the intention of the rule is and that's what the CIAC is going to say. But I don't know, Trav, you got to take a closer look at it. I mean, looking from the outside in, that's got to be how you see it. Yeah, absolutely, and we don't have to take it any further. I mean, the I, I'm sitting here shaking my head because the idea that there are young people out there in the state of Connecticut that aren't going to have a place to play this year is just unacceptable in my opinion. So I'm hoping that all the stakeholders, whoever they are in this committee, uh, coaches, athletic directors, whatnot, can get together and really put something in place because I see more and more co-ops in my neck of the woods here because it's a way, it's a viable option to save programs, to save, you know, the opportunity for kids to play. And in New York, uh, I know in Massachusetts as well, because we talked about this before we started recording, and in other states, you can double roster, you know, but that also creates problems in and of itself. It's Friday night, it's Saturday, and your high school team and your travel team both need you. What do you do? You know, you're paying big bucks to go play travel and have that experience and that exposure and that skill level, but there's nothing that can replicate playing in front of friends and family and community. And I hear it all the time from the kids that I talk to, current players, former players, you know, they miss the game. They miss, you know, playing in front of a, in a packed barn in front of their friends, in front of their town. So, you know, again, I just think it, it boils down to everybody who has a stake in the game getting together and trying to put their differences aside and, and, and come up with a plan that's in the player's best interest at the end of the day. 
So yeah, and, and let me just say this, but I'll, I'll I'll shut it down. It's playing exactly as you said. Everybody can find a place to play. It's playing for your high school. It's one of the most special things you're ever going to experience for those of us that don't go on and play, you know, in college and maybe have other experiences in your entire life that you will remember the rest of your life. Well said, well said. Uh, Three more questions for you before we wrap up. Uh, Favorite professional player, past or present? Oh, that's that's a slam dunk. Uh, Craig Janney. Okay. Any particular Uh, reason why? uh, Enfield, Connecticut. Okay. So he's a hometown boy. The Enfield win ranks the same rank that I grew up playing in. And uh, I'm I, uh, just a, a huge, huge fan. I was fortunate enough to meet him many times. Stick taps out to Craig Janney. Favorite professional team? Oh, uh, Whalers. Okay. Whalers. I was, I was a huge, huge Hartford Whalers fan. Uh, we had season tickets. Uh, that's how I grew my love for the game is through the Whalers and uh, uh, going to so many Whalers games. So I was a very big Whalers fan. Now I'm a, uh, I've converted to the Rangers. Okay. So we commiserate together. Hey, listen, yeah, I definitely welcome you uh, onto that, onto that, into that camp. Uh, I, I have a throwback, uh, Whalers. It's a sweatshirt. You might have seen them before. It's a sweatshirt, but there's like jersey material on the sleeves. Yeah. So I wore that Friday night to the rank and got a lot of compliments. So, as a oh, matter of fact, best, best crest in the in the game, man. Best crest in the game. I'd love, I'd love to see them come back at some point. Um, you know, preferably back in Connecticut. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've been up to um, UConn games because I had a nephew that went there, and I've been up to the XL Center to watch the Wolfpack. And anytime yeah. I go, I always throw on that uh, Whalers, that Whalers outfit, and I get tons of uh, tons of compliments. Um, last question for you, Jesse. If Jesse Peters wasn't a hockey coach, he'd be a fill in the blank. Oh, well probably a miserable person but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, let's just say I, I thought about this and, and I'll just talk about what I do in, in my other uh, businesses that you know I, I've done public safety for over 20 years uh, I've done professional firefighting I was a correction officer for a period of time and now working at Lifestar dispatching the, the aeromedical aircraft uh, just that's been my bread and butter in my business for my whole life, helping people on that end as well as helping kids on the other end is that that's what I find fulfilling for me is being able to help other people. So uh, that that's what I do. Giving back. You're always giving back. And that explains uh, some of the late night, early morning chats because you're working the, uh, the night shift Over and up. I'm at yeah. the, I'm at the gym or I can't sleep. I'm checking my phone and I'll send you a DM. <laughs> hey, Jesse, you up? What are you doing? And then yeah. uh, we get into it. And look, here, here we are now um, you know, having this conversation. So um, I'm thrilled that you uh, landed this opportunity at Westfield State. I've been chatting with Jesse Peters, head coach of the Westfield State men's club hockey team, the ACHA Division II. They are the Owls. Um, and again, he's also part of the CTHS uh, group that covers the high school game like no other in the great state of Connecticut. So, Jesse, thank you again for taking the time out to chat with me today. Best of luck at, uh, uh, against Dartmouth today at 3 o'clock. And um, I look forward to meeting you in person at some point, hopefully up there at Yale for the uh, the championship. Sounds awesome, Travis. Uh, take care, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Oh, anytime, anytime. This is your boy, Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks Overtime. 
Uh, hello there, uh, this is uh, Happy Gilmore, and uh, you're listening to the HV Pucks Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HV Pucks Overtime. And if there are any topics you'd like me to address or guests you'd like to hear from, please tweet me at TravJack71 as I do this podcast for you. You can also find me on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5 Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink. <laughs>